Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy that episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> staring at it like forever and ever because like math went into this like math real did math go into this. <laughs> uh okay before we talk about math welcome back everyone to boozicals the podcast about feeding mine and raven's addictions hey um raven what music have you been listening to so i this entire week have exclusively been listening to the hamilton soundtrack and I've been loving every second of it. What about you, Campbell? Um, went back to basics. Listened to a lot of Rob Thomas Matchbox 20 this week. And I sing here. Loved every second. Matchbox 20 is just so great. Oh, Their man. concert is... Granted, I've been to relatively few concerts. But that concert is one of my favorites that I've been to. It was so much fun. And I love going to a concert where I know every lyric to every song. It's just fun. <laughs> and I feel like I really like impressed you all with that yeah. highlight. It was, it was indeed impressive. Oh, thank you. I yeah. love you so much. So, Raven, would you like to tell our wonderful listeners what you chose for us to watch this week? Yes. So, listeners, the musical that Campbell and I will be talking about for this episode is Forbidden, which is um, sort it's of a musical. A it's a... It's a <laughs> Todrick, uh, no, it's a Todrick Hall. Um, it is a visual album by Todrick Hall. Um, so it's each of the songs is kind of like their own thing, um, in some cases, but like put all together as like a music video, it forms its own story and its own movie. Um, and so I wanted to do that for this podcast because it is honestly something that I really, really love and I've already watched multiple times since it's, since it's come out. So for this musical, um, because the musical and the album itself goes into a lot of themes about, you know, racism and social injustice in America, as well as even more so than that, um, you know, LGBTQ issues in America and a lot of the bigotry and just big social issues that the LGBTQ community has been dealing with for a long time, um, we decided to make a 
pride themed drink. So this drink is one that we kind of created together. Um, we're calling it the Vorgi Booze, and um, it has everything. Let's, let's in it. talk about some math. <laughs> our favorite thing. So this oh. drink is purposely layered and concocted to show the different colors of the rainbow, except for purple, because I couldn't quite get it in there. Um, but that's but good for like our health. For and, our health and sanity, yes. And bank accounts. So, <laughs> so this drink, uh, the red layer is grenadine, the orange layer is uh, orange curacao and simple syrup. The yellow layer is pineapple juice and peach schnapps. The green layer is Midori and vodka. And the blue layer is blue curacao and vodka. And they are all layered perfectly to show a rainbow. And, and Raven, uh, <laughs> how, how, how could you construct such a thing? How are they layered so perfectly? Well, Campbell, you know, I think we've mentioned <laughs> multiple times at this point on this podcast that you and I are both, by education, you know, by training, chemical engineers. And um, a large part of chemistry is understanding density, and more specifically, specific, specific gravity. gravity. <laughs> um, so listeners, for any of you who have not been educated in chemistry, um, specific gravity is basically like the density of a substance relative to another substance, um, most commonly water. So it's really helpful for things like layering when you need to know, hey, is this thing going to sit on top of or sink into this other thing? So for each of these layers, um, there is, there's a helpful like reference table that tells you the specific gravity of various different alcohols. Um, but it can vary a lot by brand, by alcohol like by abv all these different things so to create this drink and make sure that it would actually work out the way we wanted it to i you know took out my little notepad and engineering paper um <laughs> thank you thank you um and i so i did some research on the specific gravity of a bunch of different alcohols and then cross-referenced that with like the flavors we would want and what flavors would pair best together um, and then because the flavors that we wanted wouldn't necessarily fit together in the place in the rainbow that they're supposed to be, we had to do a little bit of math and mixing to Love get it. them to be Love the specific it. gravity that they needed to be. So every layer was carefully calculated, um, like literally calculated to be a specific, like a certain specific gravity so that it would rest perfectly in its place oh. and it just the end result is just such a beautiful i beautiful don't want drink. to drink it i just keep i just want to stare at it. at it it's so pretty so now we're going to cheers and we're going to quickly try to like taste each layer and then all bets are off and we'll just do whatever we want we're just gonna do whatever <laughs> we want but it will be interesting for a few reasons one we cannot have a lot of these. No, absolutely not. Two, unlike every other episode, pretty much, we do have to carefully measure everything. Yeah. No eyeballing, no... Like, every layer has to have the exact proportion of, like, the exact ratio of alcohol that it has in it, or else it won't work. Yeah. So, that's going to be fun on our next and most likely last one. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we will. We'll see how how it goes when we get there. Okay. They might be a little muddled by the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Cheers. Cheers. I had the straw at the very bottom. Take a small sip. Keep the straw there. 
back away and then just lift it up. And you okay. see layers going back to into the place. Oh. Well, that is cool. And that, my dear friends, is chemistry. Science! <laughs> it's like, this is the type of chemistry I would love to teach like young kids, except I can't because it's pure alcohol. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. But there's other things you can do with that. Like, there's, you can have, like, how they do things with, like, Moto oil, pennies, ping pong balls, so like solids and liquids. Yeah, like that kind of I know thing. there's other ways you can do it, but like you want to get um, drunk party. at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we drink while we teach the youth? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, by the time this comes out, I'm pretty sure things are still going to be taught remotely. So I'm yeah. sure that's still going on. Is oh, almost certainly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now let's get into it. <sighs> so. Getting into the musical, we, we open, opening credits. Yeah, opening credits. We hear the song "Trust No Bitch," and like, even before then, it's just be like, produced, choreographed, written. And I was like, we get it, Taja Call. You're, You're talented, <laughs> and I, we get it. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, as opening credits to things like this goes, I think I always like to see how they're going to uh, incorporate like the names of the people, like a part of the production. Mm-hmm. And this was like the opposite of how it was for, from Justin to Kelly. So it was. We, it was so just weird and badly done. And this was perfect and amazing and perfectly like incorporated labels into the on scene. like very like uh, 50s suburban. Yes. White idyllic. Also, of. I love how they also did like kitchen and baking puns with them. Like mm-hmm. uh, when they did cinematography, it was on a, a jar of cinnamon and it was cinematography. And I was like, that's yes. clever. I like that. And that's, like, literally, like, a second, like, throwaway thing. Yeah. But like, that attention to the details in all of this. Exactly. Uh, Trust no bitch. Tajikal. You know? He just... I just love that they open... I mean, obviously, it opens on a song, because ev- almost every second of the movie is a song. But it's still just, like, indeed, trust no bitch. So, um, so then we get through the opening credits, and we see... A news broadcast uh, where the news anchor is, is Bob the Drag, Bob the drag Queen. <laughs> and if you don't know who Bob the Drag Queen is, um, get a life. She, she, yeah, uh, she <laughs> won season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. And Indeed. Huge fan of the podcast with Bob and Monet Exchange called Sibling Rivalry. I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it yet. Rating me to listen to it. And they were. Um, guest on Best Friends with Nicole Byers and Shia Zaneda and like how they were arguing with each other and like saying like basically they kind of hate each other and like things that they really bug about each other mm-hmm. I was just like ooh this sounds very familiar <laughs> to you and I Raven <laughs> hey. it's really good it's really good you like you can tell um, that they're best friends yeah yeah so yeah news reporter Bob the Drag Queen yeah, and so we hear uh, this broadcast talking about, oh, Nolan Renner, the criminal, has been caught and he's being detained, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so it um, it kind of starts, the story kind of starts in media res, um, where these things are already happening and you kind of have to catch up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so then we get into the song, Wanted. So this song, I I love that it starts this way and that it starts 
you see this happening at the it's very, good very beginning of it. Yes, because you spend the movie kind of wondering, like, okay, what happened? What did he do to get arrested? Like, how do we get to this point? But it's not so much information that you're confused about anything, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Todrick is playing uh, Nolan Reiner. Renner. Renner? I thought it was Renner. Renner. Nolan Renner. Oh, I just can't read my handwriting. That's, <laughs> that's fun. Proud of you. Yeah. Uh, Nolan Renner, um, and he is arrested, and some things to point out, um, this isn't America. Indeed. This is kind of like an all, not like an alternate reality, but it's kind of like a subversion of America. Um. Yes. Where, um, in terms of sexual orientation and race the power differentials and status um, are reversed. Yes. So um, the place that they're in is called Nakarima, which is American backwards. Um, And basically it's religiously supported to be homosexual rather than heterosexual. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of a lot of the racial issues that we've seen in America, it's, the reverse where white individuals are more oppressed um and more i guess more oppressed and more suppressed honestly um by society and then the black individuals are more of like the oppressor and the suppressor Mm um so yeah so it kind of um it's sort of like a almost like a philosophical experiment kind of of just kind of calling out a lot of the things that would normally like by having it reversed and having it in a way that you've never really seen before, a lot of even little things are glaring that you would normally not even think about, yeah. which I think is really cool. I do too. Um, so a couple of the lines from this song that I really like and I think have even more, um, that they're even more pertinent given that you haven't seen what happens yet. Um, so in this song, you hear the lines, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to fight, willing to die? Are you ready to leave it all on the line? Um, and I think that line in particular, especially given that by the end of the movie, you know that that's actually happening close to the end of the story. Yeah. Um, and I think understanding that, and once you learn that, it adds so much more meaning to that line Um, because you understand it's literally, are you willing to die? Are you willing to put everything on the line for what you believe in and how you want to live your life and who you want to be? So, yeah, this is such a good song. It like, it's a good, like hype you up kind of song. Yes. Like this is a song I could see if I was like a, a wrestler or like a boxer. I think this is the song I would want to be like, playing like on my headphones or whatever before i go out to the big fight you know yeah 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 um what a funny career path that could be for you (laughs) i would not succeed at it i don't think no um yeah so then we hear um so nolan is arrested and he's taken to a jail cell and we hear him start to narrate his own story and he's writing out this journal and we get into the song changed my mind Um, which takes place from a music video standpoint, it takes place entirely within the jail cell. Which the kind of like cinematography and like how dynamic they made it look from literally being in the jail cell 
was amazing. Yes. It amazing. was so well done because it wasn't just him like sitting in the jail cell and like kind of moving around. Like it was almost like you could see a mental devolvement as the yes. song went on. Yes. And I also think it's interesting because Change My Mind is a song that I always have to stop and listen to the lyrics a second time because the way the song sounds and what the song is saying to me are kind of two different things and it forces you to really pay attention to what's going on because to me the way the song sounds and even change my mind and what's happening in the video and the fact that he's in jail and all this other stuff like where wanted is very um they're like oh are you willing to are you willing to fight are you willing to die are you willing to put it all on the line are you willing to do all of this and then change my mind comes afterwards and it sounds like it's almost like a mm, actually no like actually i want to live actually like i don't want to die you know i'm kind of scared to like see my life end but then when you really listen to the lyrics that's not what the lyrics are saying no like the lyrics are saying um uh i'm sick of hiding and eggshells hurt like hell underneath my feet and like um i know i said i'd rather live a lie than die but I changed my mind. Like, I would rather die than live a lie. And yeah. I'm not going to conform anymore. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be all of me and everything I can be because I have nothing left to lose. And I just think the, 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 the juxtaposition of the visual and auditory um, effects that you're getting versus what the song is physically saying to the audience is just really, really cool. Yeah, and a line that like really stuck out for me um, from this song, fighting to be me since the day I was born, um, I think really almost directly like the core message of like a lot of these songs Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of things that Todrick's like trying to convey um, that based off of like things that you have no control over, still trying to control to be able to be yourself, which I don't know. Indeed. Resonated. Yeah, and especially this being a story told by Todrick Hall specifically, who, you know, has grown up a black gay man um, in Texas, no less. Um, I I think it definitely resonates a lot because I, I think it's no real secret that the black community, I mean, there are a lot of communities that are very homophobic and bigoted and stuff like that. But to me, the black community tends to have a lot of kind of that toxic masculinity um, and tends to be incredibly prejudiced towards um, homosexual, especially homosexual individuals. Um, And so I think this story being one written specifically by Todrick Hall kind of gives it, kind of makes that resonate a lot uh, with the audience. Yeah. So then uh, he's in the jail cell and then he's writing and he's like thinking back to before fighting to be me since the day I was born. And we go back to the song Lullaby, which sung oh, by oh, Brandy. Brandy. I, uh, Brandy. Uh, uh, Brandy bet- of If You Don't Know, The Boy Is Mine, Have You Ever Fame? Moesha. Moesha. Just... The best version of Cinderella. Oh, objectively. There's no question about that. No. Oh, Brandy. Um, uh, she was Leah Estrogen in Osmosis Jones, so... She was? Yeah. I never knew that. So oh, that's amazing. That. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in this scene um, in Lullaby, we see um, the women that... 
presumably birth the children for this very society. handmaid's tale literally exactly what i wrote down yes very very handmaid's tale style um and i do think it's funny because you could i mean for obvious reasons but you can definitely tell when she's holding a real baby versus when she's holding a doll oh, <laughs> for yeah. like the sake of like the and dance how and like cute is that baby that baby was so cute it's... uh the little face okay um, but yeah, so Lullaby is a song that Brandy, being Nolan Renner's mom, is singing to him. Um, so he's he's a baby. Presumably she kind of just had him. Um, and it's before he's been adopted, before she's had to give him up. Um, and so she's singing to him about, you know, you are strong. Like, there, like there'll be a time when... Um, you think you can't go on, but you're wrong. Like you are strong. Like you can make it through anything, and just and I, I'll always be there. I will always you. be with you. Like carry this lullaby with you, and I will be with you pretty much anytime you can remember it. Which is is an idea that, I, well, by this point, Prince of Egypt episode will be out. So like, it's kind of the same thing in like Prince yeah. of Egypt when his mom is singing to him. Um, but yeah, I I really love this song. Um, and so then we find out that he is, uh, he's adopted by the mayors of Nakarima Falls. Yeah. Uh, so this is now 11 years later. He's presumably 11 years old. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, adopted by uh, Scotch Ellis Loring and Doug Spearman, who play the two mayors. Um, and the mayors come out, like, kind of giving a speech. We hear the um, national anthem for them. Which I then, really like this because sung by whom? By Tamar Braxton Campbell. Oh my God! Sister of Tony Braxton, if you somehow don't know. Uh, but I really, I really like this. I guess not version of the national anthem, but the national anthem for this fictional kind of yeah. subverted society. Um, so one, the flag that they're holding has blue and white stripes. And then the stars, instead of being on a field of blue, they're on a field of red. So it's just like an inversion of our flag. Uh, well, technically not, but sort of. Um, but I, 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 I think is the technical term. <laughs> that is indeed the scientific term for that. Um, but I do, I really like this song because it's kind of just off of the American National Anthem. Like, the melody is different, but, like, the words are all just different, which I think is yeah. really interesting. and I think, yeah, it was really interesting. And then you, what I also thought was interesting, when they're, like, covering their hearts, they're using their left hand. Yeah, instead of their right hand. Which just looked awkward. It did look really weird. I didn't like it. Um, but it makes sense for the yeah, sake of the movie. And then, yeah, so kind of the mayors um, with Nolan, the young Nolan played by Christian Faggins, um, are just kind of giving the audience, the listeners, kind of the taste of like the, I don't want to say American values, but like the values for them. Yeah. Yeah. So they say um, morality, independence, and family um are the rock upon which like this that the society is founded upon um which is a very common idea and um i guess ideology um particularly of the conservative faction of america um the idea of like strong family values and upholding like 
society's morality and stuff like that. Yeah, well, is with very specific family values. Very specific family yeah, values. Not, not, yes. say, not like family as a concept in general. No, no, no. But their yeah. concept of what family values are and yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and during the scene, we see the two mayors standing with Nolan, their son, um, sort of, and like that is the frame as they're saying that, kind of implying like, this is what a family looks like in the society. And basically anything besides this is not a real family, which yeah. is something that we hear a lot from bigots in America. So fun yeah. times. Um, and so then we get into the song. Oh, so then Nolan starts explaining like, oh yeah, you know, very early on, I, I, I can, I attended Nakarima Falls cookouts for as long as I can remember. And like learning all these things about, the society, society that he lives in. Um, and we get into the song what is All right, American. What is wrong? Yes. Um, I love the song All American. One, it's just real catchy. It's real catchy. And two, I love the... Not, it's sort of subtle, but I love like some of the the subtle inference into like the actual values that the society is founded on. Um yeah. And so, like in the in the chorus, we hear the lines: three commandments, the three commandments um, of their God, um, love thy neighbor, spread his word when you can. Which I like because it can kind of be double; it can have a double meaning of like spread his word, being God's word when you can, but more specifically, spread your neighbor's word, like spread gossip about your neighbor yeah. and like all that type of stuff. Um, to turn your back on things you don't understand, um, which is unfortunately something that we see a lot um you know hence the old quote like what what is it like ignorance breeds contempt or something like that so. yeah um and or then, the other um phrase don't be a dick indeed yes um and then the third commandment is um when you're older take someone by the hand find yourself a man who's all american um again implying someone who also subscribes to these values and these ideals um, and lives the exact same cookie cutter life that we tell them to live. You yeah. Know? Which is further um, emphasized by how everyone looks and dress. Yes. Um, it's very um, like 50s, 60s housewife Tupperware party. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the life. story is kind of meant to be set at least visually in the 1960s. I thought, um, I thought, yeah, but then I think the actual story, it's, like, considered to be, like, in a not-so-distant future. Oh, that's fair. Okay. I thought. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, and so, like, all of their dress is very, like, prim and proper, very neat, very, like, Hoops every curves. curl, every crimp, every seam perfectly in place. Um, honestly, very, like, Stepford sort of vibe. Yeah. Um... And during this song, so we see um, that Nolan is playing with what a lot what a lot of people consider to be like traditionally boy toys, dinosaurs, um, like cars, trucks. trucks, dinosaurs, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and Football. throughout the song, yeah, they're all replaced with like quote unquote girl toys. So he gets like a doll, a stuffed animal. A His unicorn. entire room is painted pink. Um, which instead of uh, a football, he's given a, uk- a pink ukulele. 
Yeah. Which, interestingly enough, I find it very interesting that pink is considered the girl color because it used to be the boy color because it was considered closer to red, which represented like passion and anger and war. But then at the beginning of uh, like the very one of the very first feminist movements um, in the mid to late 20th century, women started wearing pink to empower themselves and be like, yeah, like, Pink, if, if pink is a color of power and empowerment, why can't we wear it to empower ourselves? And then men were just like, well, it's a girl color anyway, so bye. And it's just like, okay. I'm wearing pink right now. Pink is a um, great color. Well, I don't really like pink, but like pink in general is like, it's a fine color. Um, but yeah, that's it's, the It's reason. red, Barbie. It's a fine color. <laughs> Good head on its shoulders. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, but that's why pink is now considered a girl color because of feminism. So. Well, no, it's not considered a girl color because of feminism. It's because of misogyny because of the men yes yeah that's baby don't do that (laughs) um we also see nolan's first interest in a girl during this song well granted he's 11 so it's probably his first real interest in anybody but the first interest we see him have in another person is in a girl um so then we have another time jump that's another 11 years in the future and oh boy we get introduced to two of the best characters in this movie. Um, go ahead, Raven. I know you're excited. <laughs> so, um, I don't know what their actual names are in the story. I don't um, think they have names. I like to call them um, the Petty Posse or the Ooh. Nosy Neighbors because um, we all love alliteration. Um, so this is a couple played by Tiffany Haddish and... Auntie Jennifer Lewis, who uh, I will praise to the day I die. Um, I mean, as you should. She, oh, they're both amazing and such accomplished, funny, talented women. They are so funny in this <laughs> for having no Zero lines. lines. <laughs> it's just the energy and the pure talent. It's so perfect. Through. I wonder if the speech bubbles that we see pop up, like if they did write those themselves, or if they were just I like, it. honestly, yes. Um, but yeah, so we see them um, in the song, What's Going On, which I think is actually sung by Taj. I think all of these like little bits are sung by Taja Call in a high they voice. Are. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, we see them in the song, What's Going On, which is basically them talking about how they're hella nosy neighbors. Um, I, 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 relatable content. <laughs> there's a line where they say, um, that's why we trim the roses in the lawn, just blatantly, like, they have little, like, um, opera, opera, opera glasses, blatantly just, like, spying on all of their neighbors, which, and I'm here for it. <laughs> it was so funny. I just also, I mean, anything those two women are in. Oh yes, hit. Um, yeah, so we see we see them. We get an understanding like, okay, they got the tea, and they will spill all of it for all of eternity. Um, and so they they are peering at their new neighbor, who looks like they got a lot of money. He's got moolah. And then we get into the song "Kaching," as we see Nolan Renner pulling up, and what is is it a pink? Rolls Royce convertible is that a thing? Apparently, it's, he he's feeling himself. Yes, I so, do really like the kind of like bling watch jewelry like cast he's wearing. Okay, yeah, it was just like all up his arm. It looked like it was like 
like a single piece and stuff like no it was because it was on top of like it looked like gauze yeah yeah i think it was legitimately like a sleeve of jewelry that he had on uh, i the kaching i love this song so much it makes me feel like a bad bitch yeah. And it's something that I play to, like, hype myself up. And I think this song also does a good job of, like, um, showcasing, like, even more versatility for Todrick Hall as yes. a musician yeah, and performer. Because th- this this song is drastically different in style and tone from, like, the song so far. Exactly. And um, it's something, and it's one of the things I really do like about this movie is that there's so many different types of songs um, and so many different musical styles and rhythms and everything. Um, and he performs them all flawlessly. Um, yeah, and I also think, like, this is one of the songs. So to me, like, the soundtrack of this album is kind of split, like, 50-50 of songs that are specifically related to the story and are, uh, like, intended to pretty much only really be enjoyed within the context of the story and then songs that can kind of be standalone and are just like songs that you can listen to and enjoy you know? yeah and so to me like kaching is one of those is one of the second category of songs where it's kind of just like its own thing but it does fit within the category with, within the context of the story in this place you know yeah. and this yeah. song is also just like Todrick Hall like flexing on everyone. Oh yes, because he's like he's he says something like some lyrics are like how like RuPaul money, um, uh, who who got uh, T Swift on their phone? Yeah, um, because um, you know, who Todrick did Beyonce Hall, send for? Oh yeah, yeah, because Todrick Hall and like Taylor Swift's relationship is very very close. Like he considers her like a mentor. Yeah, 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 which is really cool. And he's also like a resident choreographer on um, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, and he's worked with Beyonce, I think, multiple times at this point. Yeah. So like 100% him flexing and he deserves every second of it. Um, so then we see after he's flexing like all this money that he has and how rich he is, we see um, a bunch of his neighbors coming and like knocking on his door, ask, just blatantly asking for money. I The, the one guy's like... Uh, he's like, can I borrow some money? Our family is destitute. <laughs> That's the... And the most, like, Campbell, I want toast. you to know that we fo- we zoned in on the exact same character. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the, such a milk toast way. <laughs> I, I love how, like, the... I think the first guy brought him this disgusting-looking mixture of, like, jello and candies or something. Oh, what's that? But that's called... What's that called? It was a thing in, like, the 50s and 60s. Like, they put Jell-O in fucking everything. And I don't understand why. But that was a big thing. But yeah, so he brings him his this, like, weird, like, Jell-O dish. And then he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, I was wondering if I brought something for you. I was hoping you would have a little something-something for me. And so then Nolan writes him a check. And he's just like, mm, you scratch my... Oh, no, this might be a different character. He's like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And then hands him this gross-looking cake. And it's just like bruh this is not worth the thousands of dollars i just gave you i and then i love the woman who um like had the cookies over got the check and then he was like oh like was gonna get a cookie and she was like oh no these are these are these are for me and like walks away with the the cookies cookies. and he's just like so then what i just gave you okay fine um yeah and so then um we i'm on antibiotics can i have some money (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, really don't want to hear anything about your life. You came to my house. <laughs> and I think only one of them actually says like, oh, hi, welcome to the neighborhood before just asking for money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is the nerve of these people. But yeah. So then we move into the scene and song Shine. Which I so, think is very interesting compared to another song later on. Yes. Especially with like the vocal choices. Yes. Yes. We are having the same thoughts. Um, so here we see a um, young white woman who is um, singing the song Shine, which is vocally an incredibly difficult song. It's the type of song you would hear like Jennifer Hudson sing, um, Christina Aguilera, like just very, very big voice. Um, and the crowd is not reacting in the slightest. Uh, it's, even though, um, there's the white woman's on stage, it is voiced by Teresa Stanley, who is not a white woman. Yes. (laughs) Which will come into discussion later. Indeed it will. Um, and to me, this song, especially in conjunction with another song we'll talk about later, is very representative of the reaction to and the treatment of a lot of Black performers in the mid-20th century. Because um, this is a very, like, blues, sort of, like, R&B, jazzy song. Um, and it was very common to see, like, music like this and performances like this. Um, and, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Dream Girls. You have seen Dream Girls, right? We've talked about it before. Yes. Okay. I don't know why I'm always, I always think you haven't. Uh, But in Dreamgirls, when they're performing, when the Dreamettes and Eddie Murphy are performing at, I forget what it was called, but an all white club. um, And everyone's just kind of like staring at them. Yeah. Like no interaction or reaction to the music, to the performance, nothing. Um, And yeah. And then we end with just, very awkward, scattered, obviously reluctant applause. Kind of those, like, yeah, for show, like, sar- not sarcastic, but polite golf clap, because that's what's yeah. expected. Like, we have to do something like, so that you can leave the stage. Like, you tried. Yeah, you you did a thing. Um, and I think the, the lines of this song are very, very important, um, because this song is all about, I am working hard i'm putting in the work and i have the talent but i'm getting nowhere like there's a line where she says why do i come in last place when i'm the best at running the race yeah um and it's just this whole idea of there is inherent bias and there's inherent bias in a system that is trying to keep me down yep yeah um and i think that's i think it's so important that this scene comes before the next scene which is ordinary day because to me, this scene is the first one that truly establishes, okay, there is a social, racial power dynamic at play in the society. Like, yeah. this is the first time it's really kind of established. Um, and then we get into Ordinary Day, which takes place on Neuvart Street. Which, which is, is Trayvon spelled backwards. Indeed it is. Um, As in Trayvon a very, Martin. Obvious reference, yes, to Trayvon Martin. Um, and we see in this, the opening to the scene is also incredibly obvious reference to Trayvon Martin and a lot of other similar events that have taken place. 
um, we see this young um, white boy walking in an obviously predominantly black neighborhood. And he is confronted by a black cop and straight up just like shot in the middle of the street, in the middle of the day, no one reacts. No one reacts. No one cares. Everyone just, it's just an ordinary day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that scene takes place, and then we get into the song Ordinary Day, where... Sung by Nick Rashad Burroughs. I love the song, and I love his performance in this. Yeah. Like, I, this scene in particular, and the song, even when you just listen to the soundtrack, I've listened to and watched over and over and over again, because the air in it, and the the execution of it is so, so, so well done. Because mm-hmm. uh, he honestly just has, like, not a care in the world during yeah. the song. Um, and one of the, I think, one of the most important lines is, we know the world's a scary place, so we learn to turn and look the other way. Um, and, like, just brush it off. Mm-hmm. Like, something like, don't, don't let it, like, ruin your day or something like that. Um, and we literally see during the song the the young boy is still just laying there on the sidewalk. Oh, people are walking over his dead body. Yeah, we see a couple literally just walk over him during the song. And they it's can't just, be bothered by something like that. They don't look at him. They don't acknowledge him. And then the scene ends with a shot of someone literally sweeping dirt under a rug. Yeah. Just the the visual impact of this scene and the visual cues that you get in the scene are so critical, especially this early in the story when they're still establishing kind of what this kind of subverted society and subverted reality is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then. So then we get to the diner. And then we kind of get into the, we get introduced to a main character, Elle. Um, yes. Uh, played by Jade Nova. Um, if have you i didn't realize this but when i was like you know looking into stuff uh there's this one youtube video of hers um she gained a lot of popularity um Mm -hmm. before and like which you know led to a lot of opportunities for her but it's uh her like covering like christmas songs or different songs as oh no different music artists raven listeners we'll be right back i'm gonna make raven (laughs) watch this okay I'm always down for this. <laughs> that was one of the single best things I've ever seen. Okay, yeah. Listeners, um, please look up, um, what is it called? Keyonce Slayballs uh, tw- uh, 2016 <laughs> on YouTube. Um, it was very popular video. Um, I, I remember seeing that for the first time and I was just completely floored with one, how spot on some of the, like all those impressions were and just all those impressions funny. were perfect. Perfect. Oh my and how talented someone has to be to pull those off. To be able to do all of those. Yeah. Cause they each have their own distinct like singing styles. Yeah. That was wild. Yeah. So it's Jade Nova and, uh, Cynthia Arrivo. Is that how you, I think so. Yeah. Who is a fantastic fantastic actor play uh harriet um in the show genius she was aretha franklin um in many many things i think she almost has an egot um, i think so i think she just needs like an academy award yeah yeah she's just like one away anyway 
this song, Nobody, it's in the diner. Um, L, Jade Nova, um, it works there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, diner, uh, customer, waitress kind of flirting with each other. Yeah, it's kind it's of, very, yeah. like, kind of classic romance story where the whole, like, love at first sight, like, she walks in and she saw her, you know? Um, yeah, and so uh, we actually do see Nolan sitting in the back um, yeah. in, like, one of the booths. Um, and, yeah, so Nobody is this really cute love song sung between um, Elle and... I don't know if she's ever given a name in the movie. Uh, but I don't know. Elle, I don't think so. Between Elle and her love interest. Um, and it's it's just a really cute, just kind of catchy song. Um, just, you know, I don't want nobody but you. You know, you're the only one I want. There's so many other love songs like that. Um, and it very kind of like imitates those uh, very classic sort of love songs and romance stories. Yeah. Um, also, I do want to point out, she gave her a nice ring. That was there were like seven diamonds in that thing. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I was like, okay, girl, cool. <laughs> we see you make money. Um, and so this scene is also, um, even more importantly, one of the first times we see like blatant racism, mm-hmm. um, occur in the society. So like during shine there was sort of obvious like bias um being against the performer at that time um but this is like the first instance of like blatant blatant racism where one of the waitresses who happens to be white um asks is pouring coffee for a black customer and accidentally spills yes um (laughs) and accidentally spills some of the coffee immediately apologizes like trying to clean it up and the woman basically just starts like screaming at her um and she calls her a term that's like obviously a spoof of the n-word um and you see that like no one does anything um like one of the other white servers goes over to like help her and comfort her and like help her clean it up and like deal with the situation. But in the moment, like especially of the like the black customers and the black servers, no one does anything. No one tries to help her. No one tries to come to her defense. Um and it actually kind of happens um during the song. Like it's like a cutaway from the song. Um and then afterwards, Elle and her love interest kind of just go back to singing. And they yeah. just carry on with their lives. Which I think is so important that that happened um that way also just as a quick side note that's really going to come come into play later on in the movie um during the scene we also see a newspaper with the headline pandemonium just uh keep that little nugget in your brain for later on (laughs) oh but yeah so um yeah, I honestly felt like really bad for the girl because she was, she seemed like such a sweet girl and she was like crying. Just like, I'm so sorry. I just like, I made a mistake. And the lady's just like screaming at her. Yeah. I just, uh, it like hurt my heart. Um, and so then the song ends with Elle holding a silver spoon over her head. Yeah. Which then fades into the next scene, Silver Spoon. Yes. And then we get into this song. It's now this uh, black performer playing for the, I assume, the same audience. I believe um, so, yes. We, you see so, some of the same people. Yes. And so um, 
the so it's a black woman singing but it's voiced by a white woman carly craig um and the audience is eating it up loving it and it's like not that good of a song <laughs> it's not that good of a song uh not to like not trying to be like dismissive of like the vocals of like carly craig but like oh no the 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 meaning the intention behind it is to like so drastically showcase the talent of these two individuals and then the reception based on who they are yes but also i think having um like a white woman a black woman voicing you know different races is also showing the reception of audiences kind of from like stealing like black voices as well and like profiting oh, yeah. off of that is something i got from that i don't know if it was intentional or not but i can i mean that that was definitely a thing that happened and um, still does. so I, I can to- <laughs> yeah i can totally see that um and yeah one of the lines in the song she literally says um where like she says like her mom said oh you're gonna be a great star and then she says uh she meets like this record producer and one of the lines is and he said your skin's so black and just like that all of my dreams came true not even implying but just straight up stating i got to where i am and i got all of the advantages i got in life purely because of my race like no other reason um and and she says um and so the world made room for the girl with the silver spoon um and she and her backup singers are dressed totally in like glittering silver and she is like this headpiece with like a giant silver spoon on it um again very much implying like she had advantages in life partly because of her race partly because of her family presumably being well off um having connections like the music industry and record producers and stuff like that um so she was well off. She was the quote unquote right, right, right race for the society. Um, and because of that, she was able to kind of just get whatever she wanted. Um, not necessarily without having talent, but without having to prove herself, without having to truly work for it. Um, which is definitely something that we have seen and has occurred within American society. So yeah and so uh this is another just like very short song and very short scene kind of just again much like shine just establishing the kind of world that this is and the kind of society that this is um and the type of story that they're telling you know um which i I do think it's interesting because and this is also going to come into play in two two more songs from now um but todrick hall actually kind of got a lot of flack for this. Um, and when he was first coming up with it and wanted to like write it and produce it, um, he got a lot of pushback. There were a lot of people that were just like, we don't really want to do this. Like we don't really want to, like it's it's risky. It's a big thing and we don't really necessarily want to be associated with it. Um, and so he was just like, okay, I'll do it on my own then. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the well, and there why- was also times he was like, I like don't know if I can do this at all. So you would like go to yeah. very close friends, mentors of him. Um, and I think I saw in an interview that Taylor Swift was like, no, you need to do this. It's important. Yes. Whether it's well received or not, it's important to you and your friends and yeah. your fans and they will love it. Don't doubt yourself. This exactly. is going to be wonderful. And I'm I'm so glad that he ended up continuing with it and finishing yeah. it because I love this so much. And I think it's so well 
done in the story that it's trying to tell and the message it's trying to send. Yeah, so so then we get to the song Type. Which I <laughs> hate this song for personal reasons. <laughs> Same, because I relate. <laughs> um, okay, so this song is basically um, Nolan is like, I have everything going for me. However, there's like one more thing I need and that's like, you know, love. Yeah. Um, nine Nine Problems, I'll take one more, you know. Got nine nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. Indeed. Play on words. Um, and so he to find love, where does he go? The <laughs> asshole store. Indeed. Ugh, man. And so yeah, he's just like the song type is like, oh, you're just my type, and all the mannequin models, whatever, have t shirts on them that say like dumb, condescending. Mm-hmm. Vain, vain bossy uh um, there's... uses the word staycation unironically <laughs> um you know um, um or ironically never use that word i like the word staycation i used to just the other week because i was on a staycation campbell <laughs> i see you judging me with that sip anyway um but yeah so this is another song like can honestly kind of be a standalone song but also, they, the um, the men in this scene that are posing as the like mannequins, models, whatever, do such a good job of being like doll lifeless. mannequins. <laughs> yes. Like they have these just like lifeless smiles on their face. And uh, Nolan is actually going around and like moving their arms, moving their heads, like literally manipulating them like dolls and they pull it off so well like i i honestly just think like it's it's such a well done scene but also this song offends me because you didn't have to come for my life like that like i, um, Raven, if, <laughs> I feel okay, attacked so it's like thinking about your past and stuff like that um what would the t-shirts say for your type uh, the t-shirts so rude would definitely be on there uh creepy <laughs> For me, uh, the t-shirt would say, yells at their mother. I cannot deal with a person who speaks like this one, to like their this mother. one guy I was seeing was, like, on the phone with his mom, and, like, I guess they were, like, talking over each other, and he literally said, shut the fuck up, I'm talking right now. And I was just like... Absolutely not. You know. Deal breaker. And so I only saw him for two more months. <laughs> what? Oh, yikes. <laughs> and so, at the end, we see him, uh literally on a dolly like rolling out a uh, mannequin man who um played by trey melvin yeah who's in a lot of it like he's been in a lot of uh tantra calls like videos and stuff like that like working yeah. with him are you familiar um, with his like youtube stuff like this is a commentary yeah, uh not this is a commentary but a lot of his other youtube yeah. stuff yes yeah um yeah and so he ends up wheeling out this one that has thug written across his chest and then we get into the song thug um and so this song so this was another um this is one specifically that tantra call actually got a lot of flack for because um a lot of people feel like it was it perpetuates a lot of stereotypes about black men that a lot of people in the black community don't necessarily want stereotyped especially yeah. given the fact that it's titled thug but yeah. one of my things is like one it's a catchy awesome song Two, it's more meant to be within the context of the show. Like, Tadra Hall's talked about this himself as well. But it's just, like, it's important to think about the fact that this is 
Nolan Renner singing the song within the context of the overall movie. Yeah. Um, it's and not this is like necessarily Tajik Tall is like, this is what I'm into. This is what you should be into. Yes. This is Nolan Renner. He, he's already admitted he goes for assholes. He's already admitted he's shopping at the asshole store. You know, like this is what he's looking for at this point. This is what he's doing with his life right now. Um, and it's kind of meant to be consumed and enjoyed within the context of the greater story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, I Damn. love this song. <laughs> Why? Why, Raven? Because <laughs> um, these men so fine. Listeners, have you if you've ever seen Magic Mike, imagine that, but with an all-black cast. <laughs> it's just better. I just... There's just something in me when I see black men dancing that just... And the- it oh, just no. the suspenders really good for me too. I, oh, that, was that was like a key part of it. I just it was it was honestly like they were dressed like newsies, like shirtless newsies. Yeah, and I was I was here for it. I was like, about they it. were just working like on the docks. It was uh it was amazing, um, and it's just like it it perfectly. It's literally Nolan's version of. I feel like every every person especially a lot of girls, but like every person kind of goes to that phase in their life. Where like you just want a bad boy, you know, you just want someone that, you know, is going to be trouble for you, but they're really hot and they're really good in bed. And that's everything about this song. Anyway. So, uh, Oh wow. I still have like, <laughs> okay, let me, let me catch no, up. No, no, no. I'm, I'm waiting till like, there's a after i feel like we can stop after when does like disc two start is that at b disc two starts yeah it stops at dim beats okay so after b we'll make another drink okay so you have 30 seconds (laughs) cool so then yeah so at the end of the thug music video scene we see well no no we like we really haven't talked about the song at all we just talked about how we like are in love with these black men so let's oh, talk about the song. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> to me, that was the song. <laughs> Continue. Um, but the very important part of like the end of it of the song was that he comes back home, and then that's what um, I was about to talk about. Continue. No, no, you. If yeah, you already no, talk about. You know, you you do it, Raven. No, no, no. You, I have to drink, so you go. Also, I've been talking a lot, so you go. Yeah, but like you have a lot of good things to say. Oh, thank you. You're drunk. <laughs> Sir, I am tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> you almost lost your headphones feel... and they're attached to you. <laughs> Continue. And also how you just like took a sip of your drink without using your hands <laughs> and like labored to get the straw in your mouth. <laughs> that is not a sober move, ma'am. Um, anyway, so uh, Nolan gets cheated on. Yes. And is distraught, especially like providing everything good, and we get into the song B, which is great. Love it. Like you fucked this up for yourself. Yup. How dare you? Like, but bitch, I'm I was your B, bitch, I was your Yonsei. Yeah, and this is uh, is this the first song that Todrick's in drag for? Yes. And straight up killing it he does drag so so well 
I just because he's he's also done drag in some of his like YouTube videos, like some yeah. of his medleys. He does drag a lot, and it's always perfect. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Also, I love the wittiness of this song. Yeah, like there are a lot of lines that are just that are just objectively clever. Like there's one, um, I had you in position she couldn't apply for. Is like okay. Damn. Damn. Uh-huh. Also, similar to the headline we saw before, it's also important to note in this scene, we see a newspaper headline um, that says, Black and white animal spotted! Exclamation point! (laughs) Just like, the audacity of nature (laughs) to mix black and white together. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Clunk. (laughs) <laughs> Pizzap Blinky blinky blinky, blinky, blinky. <laughs> Let's see what the word sound effects uh, Okay so drink number two Huge success Once Beautiful. again My layers turned out even better this time Now I got like a practice run out of the way This will also be our final one of these drinks So don't you Yes because it is dangerous um, And I will be putting When I put this recipe in the um, episode description I will be saying Enjoy very responsibly because this drink is like ninety eight percent alcohol. All of the drinks. Yes, but Especially this is like ninety eight percent alcohol. So, um, so now Nolan's definitely feeling himself. Yes, like he's just like um, and is on now. You had the audacity to cheat on me. Okay. Yes, sexual walkabout. So. Now, after we have seen B, where he's just like, okay, bitch, you decided to cheat on me. I'm gonna go do my own thing. So he goes out clubbing. And we, and like, this song, Dim Beats, uh, Feech, RuPaul, oh. um, has been stuck in my head since. They don't make them beats like they used to. They don't make them beats. Ha! <laughs> it's just, it's such a great clubbing song yeah which i really like except for the whole clubbing part um because like (laughs) you know like it was really like crowded dark a bunch of dancing lights people touching each other like not um respecting personal space and it was like my worst hell um Uh, that's fair which sucks but despite that rupaul's look in this as the dj it's a look it's a look, and I'm super here for it. I love it. even even um, Todrick's like yeah that like, look in this neon foam carrot not carrot top. Um, it was a, like Marge hair, sort yeah, of. yeah, yeah. It was. I was it, here for it. What am I trying? Ah, I don't know. I'm not gonna think about it. Uh, like, I've already like had a, one like of a, these like a high top, like high a, top. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, like like Hey Arnold, like the kid, the black kid from Hey Arnold. Um, what's his name? I don't know. I just called him the black kid from Hey Arnold. (laughs) It It starts with a G. Gerald? Uh, I think it's Gerald. That sounds right. Yes. Anyway, um, they don't make them beats like they used to. They don't make them beats. (laughs) Um, Which I think was... Okay, so we have um, Nolan's fit is very much Black Unicorn, which shout out to Tiffany Haddish calls herself the Black Unicorn. Fun fact. Yeah, because she's amazing. She's um, amazing. Yeah, I, I'm here for this fit. I love it. Everything about it is so 
out there, like, but still to. working together. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. And he rocks a ponytail, kills it in this scene with the dancing and the posing and the everything. It's oh, beautiful. and then the background dancers. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for this so much. Um, yeah. So don't he, kill my vibe. Don't touch my weave. Don't kill my vibe. Don't touch my weave. And it's like, you right. <laughs> and then he starts like whipping the ponytail around and it's just like, okay. Okay. I so into it. Um, but then we get into the song. And then Break we get, oh, it ends with like, you know, classic RuPaul's laugh. Oh, yeah. Um, and next we get into the song Break My Heart, which is we see Nolan wake up in bed, very upset. Um, and to me, this is the song that's like, yeah, you know, you cheated on me and I went out, I did my own thing. I was empowered. I was like, whatever, you know, I put it out of my mind, but honestly, it did really hurt. Like it did really hurt me. And I think really what this song is about is because he says, you know, I taught you to hurt me, taught you to break me or something like that. Yeah. Um, he says like uh, watching you like break, like um, repairing the heart that I carefully taught you to break. Like, and like I, despite that, you're still the air I breathe. You're an addiction yes. I can't feed. Yes. Like I, despite everything that happened. That shit hurted, man. I opened myself up to you. And you did this to me. And despite the facade I've been putting on, despite going out and partying and drinking and having fun, like I'm still hurting on the inside. And I think totally agree. just from an emotional maturity standpoint, I think that was honestly an incredibly important song and scene to include in this because it's not that simple to get over someone in a situation like this. No. Um, yeah. And so I think including that was like, even though it's was, it was a really short scene, really short song, but I think just including it is just, really important to really fleshing out the character of Nolan Renner and helping us as the audience understand a little more of who he is. And he's very much just a person. He's just human, just like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to the song 11 and I love this song. Uh, this might be, I, I, this might be my favorite song. I can see that. I, I, I'm I very much on the fence as to which song of this album is my favorite because I love all of them. Well, by the end of this podcast, you're going to have to make a decision. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Can we like just quickly talk about, I don't know, the importance of the number 11? You can. I'm yes. just saying, did you yes, like... Yes, let's mean, let us, the let us do 11. that. All the time jumps are 11 years later. The love interest oh. named L, I thought after eleven. Campbell, um, so we've talked before about how talented and incredible you are. Um, I think this is another example of how much more intelligent you are than I am. Because I I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder if it's important that all of the time jumps are eleven years later, and then immediately was just like. Nah, it's fine. And just moved on with my life. <laughs> okay. Well, I did like some small research slash typed into Google the meaning of like the number 11. And especially in the Bible, some things like stood out. And I think there maybe is what is references in this. 
Um, so I'll just read this. Uh, the number 11 is important in that it uh, symbolizes disorder, chaos, and judgment. In the hmm. Bible, number 11 is used 24 times, and 11th can be found 19 times. Coming after 10, which represents law and responsibility, the number 11 represents the opposite, which is the irresponsibility of breaking the law, which brings disorder and judgment. Um, which I think is, so this can be found at biblestudy.org. Um, <laughs> um, you know, cite my sources. Um, That's really cool. Like in all the times I've watched this movie or listened to the soundtrack, it has never occurred to me to actually think in depth about the significance of 11. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think, so I think if like that kind of reference, uh, intentional or not, I, it has to be, I I just think it has to be intentional. I think there's, there's so much attention to detail in this movie that, Especially the repetition of it that we see, it has to be intentional. Yeah, and so whether it's um, it's like related to like this like biblical symbolic meaning of the number eleven, I think at least you can attribute certain parts of that to this. Definitely, where eleven um, L um, is the person he's like risking um, like law and responsibility to. Yeah. Um, 11 years, um, it's like every 11 years he's questioning what he considers to be like order and like into society's view, like descending more into like chaos. Yes. And also this song is sort of the trigger for a lot of the chaos that we begin to see in the movie and the chaos that we see in his story. Um, and it's the beginning of him really rebelling against the society that he has been brought up in and the rules and the morality and the principles that he has been brought up against. Um, this is the first time, even though we've seen him show interest in the opposite sex before, um, this is the first time he's truly moving forward with that and saying, and, and see it actually acted out. I yeah. can't get over this drink, Raven. <laughs> It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. So anyway, the song 11. Um, you see um, the diner is like open. No one is there. And then we see L keep on like, you know, walking around, serving customers. Um, but like some of the lyrics are, you've been on my mind. Have I been on yours? Um, you're trying to diet, but eyeing everything you see. Yes. And this is another song where I really like the wit of it. So this song is being sung pretty much, ex like, not pretty much, exclusively by Elle to Nolan. And we see her, and this is a lot like nobody, the sentiments in this song are very, very similarly classic romance as nobody, but this time she's sneaking around everyone where nobody was big and it was a spectacle and it was in front of everybody and the entire diner was really like cheering them on this time no one else is even aware that this romance is happening um and i i really like a lot of the just individual lines um <laughs> like she's like at the beginning she's like I like my coffee black. How do you like yours? And he's just you like, and she, she's like pouring coffee and like the look in her eye and his face is just like, wait, what? 
And then, um, uh, there's another line where she was, um, oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so, and then there's another line where she says, do you want to taste my pie? Because it's especially sweet. And though the oven's high, I always turn up the heat. And you can see Nolan is, he is, he like wants it. Like he's very clearly interested in her, but you can see that he's also a little kind of unsure and like, wait, what's happening? Like, this is taking me by surprise a little bit, but also like, it's into it, you know? Um, and I, I, I really, That's what you're into. <laughs> and I, I, I just really like, like this song, uh, because it's, the first time we especially see Elle's character really coming out of her shell and she is sort of pursuing Nolan. Um, yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the song, we see her lock or close the door to the diner um, and Nolan goes to leave, but then just comes right back. And then we get into the song Play, which I really, really like this song. So one, we see Elle drop her wedding ring from nobody or engagement ring whatever into her pocket um clearly just like mm, i'm putting you away for the night um and then um so this song is basically l and nolan singing to each other about the feelings they have for each other and very unsure about should we pursue this like we know that at least by society standards, we yeah. know this is wrong, but yeah. we both they, they have say, these feelings for each they, other. Yeah, they say uh, things like, um, like, uh, it's too late to tell us we've lost our minds. Is it okay if I see my future in your eyes? Yeah. Um, like, you could be my another lifetime kind of thing. They're like very much acknowledging that they think in this life they can't be together, but then they're like, wait, but I want to. Yeah, and yeah, yeah the, the very beginning of the chorus is, they say that love is for fools, it's a dangerous game. Um, and to me, this song, where Eleven and Nobody are very much like the classic romance love songs that you hear a lot about, just people declaring their love for each other and being very cutesy and stuff. But to me, play is, it's a little more real, it's a little more raw, because there is an element of fear and uncertainty to it, where Eleven and Nobody are very much, they're, it's very confident, it's very like, I love you, this is going to be great, let's do this, you know, I love you, you love me, we're cool, you know, whereas play still has that element to it of declaring your feelings for the other person, but there's that fear, there's that uncertainty of, there, this is not going to be accepted. Like this is something that, like, this is dangerous. We're breaking the rules. Um, and how is this going to play out? Like, I see my future in your eyes, but are we going to be able to have that future? Um, and and so I I really like this be like the song because of that. Um, and there's a line where they say, "Cause I'm wishing and praying and hoping, knowing my heart could be broken." Um, just again acknowledging that well, this is everything I've ever wanted in life, it could end or it could not work out. Like there's so many elements to it that could not play out the way I want it to. And this is the first love song that that's actually been acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is the love song that's real. Because it's, yeah. Yeah. 
I also do really like in the chorus, because um, there's a lot of references like video games and arcade games and stuff like that. And in the chorus, just before they say play, there's a little like video game chime that I always, I just think it's like a really cool little detail. It's neat. Mm-hmm. So um, then we get into uh, Ring-A-Ling. Yes. And because at the we're end back of play, with our favorite wives. Um, yeah. So at the end of play, we see them kiss in the diner. Yeah. And then we kind of pan over to our petty posse. Our petty posse. <laughs> yes. So we get into Ring-A-Ling. And we see, so I think this is the first time they actually have speech bubbles um, that are like showing. No, they did before, I thought. And what's going They probably did. Because um, how else would we know what they're talking about? Well, because the lyrics of the song as well. Uh, Raven, you're right. <laughs> I, I dig it back. Um, but yeah, so here we see some speech bubbles. And uh, at one point, one of the speech bubbles is like, they couldn't or they wouldn't be doing what I think they are. They're canoodling. Uh, and the immediate thing I thought of in Sweeney Todd, when he's just like, you gandered at her. You gandered. Admit it. <laughs> Admit it. You gandered at her. I played the fifth. Um, yeah. That's fun. That's fun. And, and yeah, then so just they, like, they decide. That this, this was also the time that they bring out the opera glasses, I think, for the first time. I don't know if they did before. But I don't I know if they did, but you definitely see them in this scene. Yeah, I like I wrote down for sure, um, lull the outboard glasses. So yeah. Um so then they decide to like call the news. Um because they're like, this is a, a sin, and they're like justifying what they're doing. They're like, we're, ju- we're, we're just doing God's work. And they literally say, it'd be awful if anyone found out. Let's tell everyone. Oh man, I <laughs> Love these wasteless wives, um, <laughs> <laughs> these spying spouses, uh, the um, petty posse. Oh, was this the part that they were talking about the pinch of pettiness? That's in the song "Pettiness," which comes later. To be continued. Um, yeah, so we see that they call not just the police, but a lot of people. They're telling everybody, um, and so, so then we see Bob the drag queen once again, once again, and being like. Uh, be like be on the lookout for this um, dangerous these, fugitive these, these, um, heteros. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> and funny. here as an important like, note, call nine one one nine nine. Um, and we actually hear the music from Wanted is playing yeah. in the background, so it's kind of implying Which like, we're... okay, we are now sort of not quite, but sort of back to where the story originally started. Like, we are now here. He's a fugitive criminal, all that stuff. Okay, yeah, so... I already forgot where we're at. Oh, so yeah, so Yeah, yeah, so this news broadcast is basically telling us, hey, he's a dangerous criminal, he's a fugitive, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so then we see him meet up with someone he is meeting up with, like, to help him uh, deal with the situation that he's in. And we see none other... Then, Shangela. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Shangela, if you don't know, is a, another world-famous drag queen. She was on Amazing. season two, season three, All-Star season three of RuPaul's Drag mm-hmm. Race. She's mm-hmm. been on Community. She's been, she was in A Star is Born. Oh, um, yes. 
she has a HBO show with Bob the Drag Queen and Yuriko O'Hara called We're Here. Yes. Um, she recently, I know it's not going to be recent when this episode comes out, <laughs> but within this past year, um, came out with kind of like a tell-all performance about her time on All Stars 3 that she made free for everyone. You can find it on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know about um, that. I think also like Vimeo or whatever it's called. Um, it's very good. And she is just such a talented professional. She, she is. She's hilarious. Re- she has a very close relationship with Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. Like very close. Yes. Like and lived with her. She is just <laughs> so, one, she's incredibly talented and incredibly just developed and great at making costumes and ideas and creativity and all that type of stuff but she's also just so funny like anything she does is just hilarious and i love it um including her performance in forbidden um and so we see shangela come on and we get into the song doll hairs which is meant to be like dollars um and it's literally nolan and shangela singing about Oh, it's it's very much like Bitch Better Have My Money by Rihanna. It's oh, it's because yeah. It's like yeah. I gave all these money all this money all these monies to people. <laughs> and he literally shows he shows the neighbors that he gave money to. Oh yeah. He's basically like his accounts have been frozen and he can't get money or do things or travel or anything like that. And he's just like, Okay, so back when you know, you needed me. I was there for you. I gave you all this money, but when I need help, you're nowhere to be found. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this song is basically, uh, here's all the ways you can and will pay give me, back. me my money. Yes. Oh, because when they were like, but the banks are closed, it was like, well, <laughs> it was like, I got, I got Cash App, PayPal, you got a piggy bank. Love the gal. I love that. Um, there's also a line where um, he says, uh, Nolan says, um, I ain't the fish finding Nemo, bitch, I ain't forgot. <laughs> Which there's a lot of, uh, again, a lot of these songs just have such witty lines. But I love that line because it's just like there's so many little references where they don't specifically say the person they're referencing, but you know, you know. Yeah. I just think it's like so funny and so catchy. Um, yeah. So very, very good song. Um, definitely can be a standalone, but is also badass within the context of the story. Yeah. Just like, yes, bitch, get your shit. Um, Does Shangela in this have a name, like the character? I don't think so. So it has been deemed Shangela. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, and so then we see Shangela is driving a truck oh, out of Nakarima, so presumably with Elle and Nolan in the back of the truck. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, this one like, of the funniest over scenes. By, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and it's like, oh, uh, where are you heading? Uh, going to the uh, uh, library church. Yeah, she's like, I'm just headed home to the library church. And Quay is just like, my boyfriend lives around here. They ain't no library church. Like, <laughs> what is a library church? <laughs> but so, like, it's not only that. It's like the the funny part isn't just that she's like lying about it, but it's also that 
there is such thing as a library church that exists <laughs> in this reality. That she's just, that Quay is just totally cool. She's like, do you there's know a how, library do you church know how to get here? home? It's like, yeah, I have GPS. I have Alexa. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, God bless Nakarima and the surrounding countries and the waters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love funny. it so much because it's, it's very much that trope of someone having to lie their way out of a situation unexpectedly but it's like times 10 in terms of hilarity because yeah. of Shangela um, it's very much just like yeah just that whole scene of like whenever someone's in a scene where they have to like make up a name or something like that and they just use the things around them it's like that energy but times 10 yeah yeah so um, hilarious so then we get to where they're like sheltering uh, these rebels of society. Yeah, these it's like a compound. Yeah, um, and so where we see yeah. like person like running the desk. Um, go Kila ahead. Kila Settle. Uh, is it Kila? I thought so. Kila's I think settle. so, but I'm, I'm just not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, Kila Settle. Um, she was in the greatest show many things yes of greatest show on Broadway fame. she was on uh, she was in like Les Mis hands on um hard body uh, she, she was in waitress is such an incredible anytime I hear her saying I am shook I'm in awe like her voice is beautiful and amazing and she is nothing less than her best in this movie yeah um and yeah, so she she's sitting at the front desk. We see the news broadcast declaring there was like fugitives, um, and then she sees them show up. So this is where the the newspaper headlines start to factor in because yeah. we see a skunk on the desk, which is a black and white animal. And here's my thing. Okay, I get that there are relatively few purely black and white animals on on Earth, um, but I feel like a skunk. Is not one of the ones you want to include. Skunks well, are like skunks maybe, are adorable. Maybe cute. it's the kind of thing the skunk is just in such a loving and opening kind of community that it never feels threatened. Maybe. But I was like, you could have used a penguin. It's too hot. There are penguins that live in tropical uh, environments. The Galapagos Islands. Some of the most no, famous thought, penguins, besides oh, Emperor Puffin, penguins. I thought puffins were there. Where are puffins? No, they were, they're also Galapagos penguins. Puffins do also live in tropical areas. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, anyway. You know what? Just a, just, I just need to watch Surf's Up again. That That's the conclusion of this little... True. Um, um, but yeah, so we see Kila Settle. She's at the front desk. There's a skunk on the desk and a news the news broadcast on TV. Um, and so they she lets them in. She's like, yes, come on in. Like, obviously, you need to be here. Um, and they enter the compound and you see this large group of people, uh, and we hear the song Animals, like there's a band playing, and we hear the song Animals, which I really, really love. Yeah. Um, it's a song also, that I play over and over again. Uh, vocals also, um, performed by Matt Bloyd. Mm-hmm. Who, like, I became familiar with Matt Bloyd from the post uh, jukebox covers. Yeah. 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 Very, very good. Incredible singer. Did you um, ever listen to Saturday Morning Slow Jams? I've I've heard like a couple. They're so good. They are. 
Um, We're going to yeah, listen so, to some after this. I just want you to know. So you're not okay. allowed to leave anywhere. Okay, cool. Um, so this camp slash compound is largely made up of like mixed and or heterosexual individuals. And all of them are wearing gray, which is very obviously a mixture between black and white. Um, and so this is where you start to kind of realize the importance of the different headlines you've been seeing. Yeah. Um, and so like like back in Nobody, when we saw the headline Pandemonium, um, re- relating to the panda, the animal, um, and then the headline of, oh, like black and white animal spotted, um, all these different things of like the concept of black and white mixing um, is unthinkable in this society. And also was in American society. Um, I don't know if, um, Campbell, have you ever seen or heard the story of like the Lovings, like Mr. and Mrs. Loving? Sounds familiar. Yeah, so Mr. and Mrs. Loving were, uh, they almost certainly were not the first black and white couple in America, uh, but they were one of the most famous, so... It was a case that actually, I think, ended up making it to the Supreme Court. Oh, um, yes. But it, was, it was a white man and a black yeah. woman who fell in love, wanted to get married. Um, and at that point, in a, in a large section of America, that was illegal um, for a black person and a white person to marry. Um, fun fact, the term for um, like mixed race like coupling and stuff like that is called misogyny. Um, or it might, that might be the term for like being against that or just referencing it. Not entirely sure. But, um, but yeah, so there's been a couple of different movies made about the Lovings. Um, there was one made, I think back in like the late nineties or early two thousands. And then I think there's another one being made fairly recently. Um, but yeah, they're a very famous couple and, uh, it's very much to me, this is very much a nod to that portion in American history where black people and white people weren't allowed to be together. They weren't like, it was unthinkable for a black person and a white person to have a romantic relationship. Um, and so these individuals that we see in this camp, all of whom were referred to as rebels, criminals, outlaws, are either people engaging in a mixed race couple um, or people engaging in a heterosexual couple or children that are the result of a mixed race mixed race couple um hence why they're all wearing gray kind of symbolizing like we're in between like we don't care about the black and the white like they don't need to be separate like why can't we all just like love each other that type of feel um and we also see a lot of different animals around that are black and white so you see like one of the girls (laughs) <laughs> zebras skunks and pandas so yeah so we see one of the we see one of the girls in the compound leading around a zebra and then we see like skunks flying around like on the desk and stuff like that um, and it's very much kind of a nod back to the news headlines kind of tying it all together as one overarching story concept um, so I, I just think that the way that was done was very, very important because I remember yeah. multiple times that I've watched this movie, the news headlines never even crossed my mind. Like when I got to the compound scene, I was like, oh, 
That's really? cool. I understand the gray, but like the newspaper headlines, like the pandemonium, I don't think I ever noticed before this time watching it. Oh, but I find, yeah, I find that now, like when I'm watching something for the sake of this podcast, I become so much more analytical and so much more critical. And I try to like, s- like see every single detail. And that was yeah, one of the first times I've noticed it. Of this really harsh my mellow man. <laughs> um, Soon after Animals, uh, we get into the song Forever. So during Animals, we see that... Everyone's just so happy and free. They're so happy. They're incredibly welcoming and kind and loving. Um, They welcome Elle and Nolan. There's community, which you haven't seen yet. Yes. They welcome Elle and Nolan with open arms. Immediately, like, give them fresh clothes to wear. Um, They start, like, braiding Elle's hair. Yeah. Um, and so then we get into the song Forever, which I really, really love. This is also very much like a clubby type of song. Yeah. Um, a lot of Latin influences yeah. to the music and the dancing. And this is another one where like the dancers pulled this off so well. Like much like the Dim Beats scene, the yeah. dancing in this scene is so cool and so well done. I see my package. <laughs> Um, also, I think there's like a, I don't know if it actually is one, but I think there's like a little dance battle happening no, there is. during the scene, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, also, Nolan, we see for the first time, has a like five o'clock shadow, uh, when, like when they come to the compound, um, which Tatra Call and also Nolan are almost always clean shaven. And so I just think, like, that's another just, like, little detail of, like, he's on the run, he's unkempt, he's, like, not able to take care of himself the way he normally would, therefore, he has a five o'clock shadow. Like, I think just another, like, little also, detail shaving's that annoying. adds so much. But most of the time when I have a beard, it's because I just don't feel like shaving. Cannot relate, because you I... Don't grow, you don't have body hair. I don't have body hair, so... <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so while uh, at the end of Forever, at the end of Forever, so we see um, a news broadcast um, identifying the compound, um, and they say like, oh, this compound is housing some of the most wanted criminals in the country, and it's just like, okay, these are all people that are literally just living their lives that are living a different lifestyle than what society wants of them or expects of them. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so then um, they're aware of it at the compound um, and we get into the song Forbidden. So everyone's like really scared. The titular song. Yes. Okay. Um, Something about the word titular. I use it incorrectly all the time. No one calls me out on it. That's a problem. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just trying to like do some weird bit and people are just like, you know, accept ignorance. It's unacceptable. <laughs> Disgusting. Use it correctly. Disgusting. Um, yeah, so, so we get into the song Forbidden. Um, everyone's really scared. You know, the broadcast has identified like where their compound is and like they're sending police and all this other stuff. Um, and so... We see Elle come out and basically saying, um, our love won't be, 
be forbidden? Um, what do we do when they say our love is forbidden? Uh, what if I don't want to pray? Our love is forgiven. So yeah. basically saying like, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to love the way I want to love. I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to live the way I want to live. And there's nothing you can do about that. And you can't stop me from doing that. Um, also kind of going back to the song, change my mind, just like, yeah, you know, I am willing to die for this. I'm willing to be who I am and express who I am and what I want to be until the end. So then forbidden would be the first vocal, um, not realization, but announcement of this life decision. Yes. Yes. As in life decision Um, is to be yourself, not to change who you are. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. 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 Um, Like the the, the decision to stand by who you are and not let anyone try to change you out of that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, okay. While I understand that emotions run high and all of those stuff, I do want to point out, so during Forbidden, we see a bunch of police come and we see them preparing to like storm the combat. Like they have like legitimate SWAT teams with like the riot shields and like batons, pepper spray, all that type of stuff. And so they storm the compound. And I do want to point out, they sing a song about how they're not going to run. And then they run. Yeah. And it's just like, again, I understand. But no, no, Emotions run high. Away. You're they scared. Not, they're not <laughs> running away from how they feel. Yeah. Is how I understood that. But then no, I was just 100%, like. No, 100% that's what it running. is. <laughs> 100% that's what it is. But it's just like, sings a song about from how a, you're not like, going to uh, run. Logistics runs. point of view. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and again, we hear the Wanted music play, and there's sort of a reprise of it, or reprise, um, of Wanted a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, so Keela Settle, her character, gives them a car, like a little truck to escape in. Um, no one else gets saved. (laughs) Just them. Well, it seems like they were definitely unifying people. Yes, 100%. But also they had just gotten there. Like that night. (laughs) Yes, but I think it's also maybe they like... They had... I don't know. Right place, right time. For a wrong situation. Yeah, fair enough. Um, And so we see another news broadcast that is now saying, oh... Oh, um, and then we see her being shot. Oh, yes. They straight up kill everybody that's there. Yeah, um, but no, no, no. It's not. It's not the police's fault because they were met with uh, strong and heavy violence. Violence, yeah, like just running absolute violence against the police. Yes, because um, this was a group of dangerous, dangerous criminals and men, outlaws, women, children, and animals. Indeed, indeed. Um, and now Nolan and his accomplice are on the run. And we don't know, well, we don't know whether or not they were killed in the melee. So as far as we know, they are armed and dangerous. And it's just like, these are two scared people literally running for their lives. They are in no way dangerous to you. Um, and so we get into the song Painting in the Rain. Oh my god. This is another like, song that I like, love. <laughs> one of the like, best songs. Um, um, th- okay, yeah. this song, okay, Painting in the Rain, 
it's talking about how like fruitless like certain like struggles are that it feels like you're like wanting for change you're trying to hope but it's pretty much like you're painting in the rain so you're yeah everything's just being washed away you're every just, like, single thing that you're trying yeah whatever you're trying is not working um this was a really 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 good song yes it's like even though like it's like useless like it's still hopeful because you're still trying, you're still doing the act, you're still painting, despite everything else against you, metaphorically, figuratively, the rain. Yeah, and the the opening line of the song always hits hard. Um, it just uh, sticks and stones hurt harder when you know they're thrown from your own sweet home. Ugh. And it's just, and again, which because... honestly is one of the best, like. Um variations of the sticks and stones may hurt my like may break my bones yeah um which second to that would be sticks and stones may break my bones in a monologue but words will hurt forever <laughs> that's what scrubs uh indeed it is because it's true um yeah because you realize that the people turning him in and the people against him are the people he grew up with. These are the people that he lives with. These are the people from his neighborhood, the people from the society that he refused to conform to. Um, And now they are condemning him because he's not exactly what they wanted him to be. Um, Yes. So yeah. So we see that the, uh, the petty posse turned him in. Um, when they saw him, uh, so he and Elle were able to get back to his home, um, and the petty posse caught them with their little opera glasses and turned them in. Um, we see them, like, packing and trying to run away, um, but then cops find them because they got the tip from the petty posse. Um, uh, I thought we decided on the new name for them. The conniving couple? That's a good one, too. Um, the, uh, the spying spouses. Spying spouses, yes. The wastes wives. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, the cops got a tip from the spying spouses um, and are surrounding the house. They're getting ready to storm the house and everything. Um, and we see Ellen Noland see them while they're packing. And Nolan just starts getting dressed. Um, as in, like, I'm giving up. There's nowhere for me to run. I might as well accept my fate. Um, and he is dressing to the nines. I love it. Um, and so we see him dressing in the outfit that he was wearing at the beginning of the movie when we saw Wanted. Um, getting ready to turn himself in. And we also see his own fathers come out to condemn him. Yeah. Which is just like... Ain't that just uh, the way... Yikes. And again, goes back to the opening line of the song. They heart harder when you know they're thrown from your own sweet home. Yeah. 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 Just knowing that the people you love are the ones condemning you is just, it's just a little more of that knife twisting in the back. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, makes me very thankful, blessed that, you know, my family isn't that. Yeah. When it is when a lot of families are like that for people in my situation, yeah. Um, With my affliction, 
Um, this was yeah. Nice. So oh, can we talk about like some of the signs and like the paintings? Um, the, like, oh yes, um, breeders. That's a breeders. Um, what was that? God hates straights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. The one that really bothered me was Adam and Steve, because yeah. when I was a substitute teacher, um, there was it was this. I think it was like fourth grade class, and like some of them. I mean, this kind of thing, it's taught. And so this one kid thought I was being funny. He was like, Adam, like, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Like, just, like, talking about, like, something. But they were, like, yeah. eight years old. Like, how old are you when you're in fourth grade? Uh, fourth Nine? grade. I was in ten. 2004. Ten. Um, spring 2004. So I would have been 10. Yeah. Um, I'm like, that's upsetting. Yeah. And anyway, it's Adam and Eve. So anything, it's like, it's true to be bisexual. So. Also, I, I think, <laughs> I think the, the idea that, yeah, bigotry and prejudice and discrimination is taught, yeah. um, kind of goes back to. Kids in, don't care. An ordinary day, um, when the young boy is being Just confronted read a book by about the police gay officer. And they get it. Um, when the young boy is being confronted it's by three the police. To tango. When the young boy is being confronted by the police officer, there's a young black girl watching from the window of one of the nearby houses. And to me, like that was that was a very clear nod to like one, children should not be subjected to this, children should not be seeing this. Two, this sort of behavior and this view of the world is very much taught. Like children aren't born racist and bigoted and i also misquoted it. it's not it takes three to tango it's and tango makes three is the gay penguin book yeah interesting yeah so we see l um she comes back to her house and they have it's been vandalized completely with various slurs and insults and all sorts of things there's a mob paint over it literally painting in the rain while it's pouring yeah and it's yeah. just and you see her just break and just like stop and just she's just she is so weeping. talented i love her portrayal in this movie and the I, jane nova's I, portrayal I, i'm character. glad you're you i made you watch that one video of hers so you can see yes. like the depths and the bounds she's able to invoke oh, and create so good for so art theater science <laughs> um and yeah and so um, so then we get into another news broadcast um explaining to the public that nolan has been convicted and sentenced to death no, and was it 19 counts of heterosexuality how many something how many like that yeah, yeah. And he says, he says, the death penalty is usually reserved for the highest and most heinous crimes against the state. And it's just like, fam. Just he fell in love with a woman. Like, bruh. Um, and also, They're yeah. Con- it's consensual adults. Yeah, also, crimes against the state, not the church. And I think that's a very important distinction, especially because... Talk about separation be- of church and state, or yes. lack thereof in a lot of situations. Indeed. Also, because- off the podcast, the Red Cross changed it. If you're, like, celibate as a gay man for three months, you can get blood. 
Oh, okay. So because it's, of quarantine, it's a step. Because of quarantine, I will be giving blood again. Nice. Because I haven't had sex since literally a week before I started quarantine. Oh wow, that's wild. I'm physically dying right now. <laughs> that's why another reason I got the fishnets. It like makes me seem attractive, like feel attractive. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I look so but yeah, and like to me, that's another important distinction especially with the song all american that is literally set in a church like they're the entire music video is set in a church where they're talking about these are the church's values and beliefs that is also like federal law basically yeah um yeah and then um we cut back to the jail cell where we see knowing finishing his journal so we've caught back up to where he is in real life he has finished telling his entire story explaining who he is and how he got into the situation and all he really wants to the audience um and we see that the journal his book is titled black picket fence which is very obvious reference to like white picket fence as a reference to the quote-unquote american dream where all he really wanted was to be happy, be successful, fall in love, find a partner, and live his life. He's really no different than anyone else in this society. He just wants to be happy and have a lucrative life and raise a family. Um, but because of the type of person that he loves, he is criminalized. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. Um and so we see him being led out of the cell, presumably to his execution. And this, let, okay, let's just talk about this song. Because this song, Heaven, um, Heaven, is so good at being a combination of hopeful, understanding, regretful, desperate. desperate um it's pleading, such... acceptance yeah. it's like the five stages of grief all together at the same time yes it is yes so good and he like the vocals in it are amazing the lyrics are amazing despite whatever your background beliefs creeds are in this song the themes of it anyone can relate to absolutely um like i have faith enough to know the end is nothing but a new beginning here today and gone tomorrow and the world will just continue spinning like literally i'm die. i'm literally about to die for what i believe in and the world's just gonna move on like oh yeah and um like and if there's a heaven i know the angels have got to be listening somebody tell them that there's something we've got to be missing. And just like that realization of this can't be right. Like I am a person standing here dying for what I believe in, for how, for who I love and how I live my life. This can't be right. Like this can't be the way we're meant to live. Yeah. Yeah. This song and he's like i promise i'll send down a message from heaven yes either like explaining or just explaining 
or like giving hope to the people in similar situations that this is this is not it yeah and this song i honestly truly if i had to pick one i think this is my favorite song just because every time i get the emotion evokes even yeah even i'm just listening to the soundtrack while i'm driving like every time i get to this song it just pulls such emotion out of me like it's such a heartfelt song where you every line of this song you feel what he is feeling yeah it's it's so real and raw and relatable um yeah and so we see him um so also i think i think another thing that might be important is during the scene when he's being led to his um like to the execution block we see him pass several other cells with other inmates in him um and i don't know i assume again that this was intentional but the only other men that you see in this prison are all white which, given the mm-hmm. reversed power dynamic in this in the subverted society, I was kind of wondering if like that might be an allusion to the disproportionate like inc- rate of incarceration of black men in America. Um, the fact that like he is the only actual black man in this prison in a society where black people are the oppressors, you know. Um, yeah, and then also. I was wondering if the fact that he is specifically hung as his execution method, as opposed to any other style of execution, is a reference to like lynching or anything. That's what I thought. Because cause I actually actually looked it up because I was curious about like if that was an intentional reference. And so I looked up how common hanging was in America and like the 60s and the 50s and stuff like that. Um, and for anyone curious, um, so the electric chair was introduced in the late 1800s, it was around like 1890. Um, and so after that, the number of hangings immediately started to decrease because people were primarily using electric chair. Um, and the last public hanging at least was in like 1936. And then after that, a lot of states like straight up outlawed hanging. So I think it's safe to say that not all correct. Um, but then the death penalty as a whole was actually ruled against by the Supreme Court and outlawed in, I think, like the late 1960s or the early 1970s. So around the time that this movie kind of, like, the time frame of this but film I, had been I, I sort of set. But I still think, again, it's not the past. It's the future. And they have just, That's... like, come back around to that style yeah. of thing. That's fair. I guess if you're going with the idea that this is like sort of because like circa 1960s the the clothing they wore in like the compound mm-hmm. like the great that's clothing, true that's, that's true that's modern that's true that's fair um but yeah so I, I I just think it's it's very interesting like specifically that he was hung um as opposed to like any other of the yeah. myriad of execution styles that the human race has invented over the many, many millennia. Um, yeah. So then, um, after heaven is over and he's executed, we skip another 11 years into the future. 
Um, and we see once again, our favorite spying spouses, um, in the song pettiness. Um, so I think this song is just really fun. It's just honestly them celebrating like who they are and doing what they love, which is spying and being petty. I, because they're just trying to live their best lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also love, so there's a bit, um, in their speech bubbles where Tiffany Haddish says, oh, I tried a new recipe. And then Jennifer Lewis tries and says, tastes like slander. I wrote that down <laughs> as well because it was great. Oh, I again, love again, relatable so content. Yes. Um, and so then we see another news broadcast. I think it's important that this is the first time the news anchor is actually wearing white. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then we get into another news broadcast. Um, and we find out that um, Nolan's like diary has been made into a book called uh, The Black Picket Fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and now um, it's no longer illegal to be straight. A lot of people still like aren't for it. But yeah, there's but like the people don't think they should be imprisoned and killed. Executed. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then we see L. Like a like a copy gets delivered to L and mm-hmm. she is um with a woman with a child. She has a new family. New yeah. Family. And they're going to the cookout where the wasteest wives are, a bunch of people are. And then we see this white woman and her son. Uh we saw her before. Well, we're in the song Apple Pie. In the song Apple Pie. Yeah. Which is like another cookout. Um, and this song is very much like take a minute and like think. Um, like to be like free and to be accepting. Um, um, we want to be like free like the 4th of July. Change doesn't, yeah. change doesn't come easy. Um, however, it's coming and something you got to work for. And yeah. so we see that through this like white woman and her son come in. And Elle mm-hmm. and her daughter you know, be like, hey, welcome, basically, talking. Yeah, like, actually interacting with them. Yeah, they interact yeah. and then brings them over to the food. Um, the spying spouses um, are, like, absolutely not. And Yeah, like, how dare you allow them here? Yeah, and so they, like, leave. And then everyone else just, like... Some people, it's not, like, totally accepting that they're there, but it's tolerating. But that's yeah. the first step. Yes, exactly. Which they're singing about. Yeah, and to me, like, this entire song about pie, um, yeah, like, changes come in, like, uh, baby changes come in, got peace and love in the oven. Um, And to me, this is the, like, this is the message in heaven when he says, um, like, Lord, take my soul, and when I get in, I promise to send out a message from heaven. To me, this is the message. Like, this is the song saying, yeah, like change is coming. We have to work for it and we have to actively be trying to progress as a society, but we can get there. We can get to a better us. Yeah. And this is the first step towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Peace and love in the oven. Yeah. Um, Fiend. Yeah, and so then we see the end credits with the song "Boys Wear Pink," which is bas- which is is a banger of a song. First, it's so great. It's so I good. love it. But it's basically like boys can wear pink, 
women can like women, men can like men, men can like women. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just let it be. Everyone's just living their lives and loving just who they love. Life. And it's like, love who you love. As long as there's consent involved, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As long as everyone's of age and everyone consents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the musical. Um, to me, it is such an incredibly well done story. And one of the things I really love is that... Um, so this entire musical is just music. Well, it's a visual album, so it's all just music, and there's, like, a couple of, like, it's little like scenes na- cut narration. in. Narration, yeah. Yeah, like, narration, like, little scenes cut in to kind of piece it together. Uh, but to me, it's so well done, because especially the scenes that are meant to follow sequentially, the music actually connects them. So, like, at the end of one song, you can hear the beginning of the melody for the next one, and so it makes it feel like more of a seamless transition, as opposed to just a bunch of random scenes put together to try to tell the story. And to me, that's what makes it actually more of a musical as opposed to just being an album, like a visual album. Yes. Okay. I'm ready so to talk you about wanna, now. So you want to, you know, give us a little something, something about um, Mr. Todrick Hall, Raven? Indeed I do. So Todrick Hall, now that if you don't you. already know, shut up, <laughs> is a um, singer, songwriter, actor, director, choreographer, producer. famous YouTuber, producer. Um, he so he a Theatrical got, juggler. <laughs> he first kind of got national attention when he competed on American Idol, which I think was the like ninth season or something. Um, Wait, I wrote this down. Yeah, season nine. Yeah. Um, and so then after that, that was what got him a lot of like national attention, and people started like knowing who he was. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's been on he... so many dance competition shows, so many dance because dance off juniors. Uh, he was on Dance Moms. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, also um, very, very successful on Broadway. Yes, I Pinky Boots. I I'm, I'm oh, I got it. I got okay. a, I got I a list. Came, I'm just yes. getting really excited. Um, and so then he got really into the creating like YouTube content. He does original songs, uh, fun Disney medleys. (laughs) He does original songs, medleys, parody skits, all types of stuff. Um, he is now the resident choreographer on RuPaul's Drag Race and on Broadway. So he has been in The Color Purple, Memphis. Kinky Boots, Chicago, and Waitress. And who was he in Chicago? Billy Flynn. What a... Man, I... What a character. As much as I love Billy Flynn from the film Chicago, I could only imagine how much fun it is to see Todrick Hall as that character. In 2014, he was named in Forbes 30 Under 30 list, which is... Oh, what? Yeah. Which he 150% deserves. At least. At least. He is so talented. And I, I don't think I've ever seen anything produced by or including him that I have not enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So. So. Uh, needle pulling thread. Now, we um, are going to finish our drinks. And then attempt to play heaven and how will we be playing it raven um drunkenly but um <laughs> it would be <Nice>. my <laughs> my good use of an adverb 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, it'll be myself on the guitar and Campbell on the ukulele. And um, it's going to be real interesting. Okay. I, I play the correct chords. I played. A lot of your C chords, chords, not the C chords, except for no. the last one. <laughs> do you no. want to do it again, or do you want to continue? I think we should just continue. Um, yeah, my my top finger um, kept wanting to play the C chord, my top finger on the E string, which is not how you play a C chord on the guitar. Yeah, see, like so... it, it's like it, it's much harder. For the guitar, then the ukulele, I have four strings. My C chord is literally just third fret on the last string, the A. Yeah. I mean, the C chord... The C chord for anyone who plays the guitar... Continue. The C chord is not a difficult chord. Like, there's no reason. Well, that... I'm not saying it's a difficult <laughs> chord, but like... Going it's just from... physically easy on the ukulele. Because yes. The one. Yeah. Okay. So let's do verse two in the chorus. Hell yeah. This is my jam. Um, are we doing the D minor, A, B flat major, A? No. No, we're not doing the like little refrain. Do you oh. want to? Is that why you were I mean, I mean, I mean, just it's the next part of the song. We can, but we're not going to be like, it's just going to be us playing the chords. I mean, that's what the entire song is. Oh, that's fair. Okay. If we want to do it, we'll do those like four chords across two measures and we can strum however we want. It's just, you know, creative license. But I feel like then we won't be together when we hit verse two. I can count to eight. I cannot. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <Maybe. laughs> it will one. be fine. Wait, wait, wait. Like most of this time when we're playing together, I will take care of it. You just like do your Thank thing you. and like it's I just want you to be able to express yourself through music. <laughs> and I'm I'm being serious. This is sincere Campbell. I know it's very rare for you for me to be genuinely nice to you or supportive. Just kidding. I'm always supportive of you. I'm the most supportive person of you in your life, and I hope you know that. But just do what you do. <laughs> And I'll follow along. Cool. One, two, one, two, three, four. Ah, oh, f- oh, that was the wrong chord. Okay. Uh, <laughs> rave it. <laughs> Yes. Just keep going. Okay, but Where, it was like the... this song is okay. This song is listeners. If you're listening to this part, I don't know if Raven's going to keep it in because she looks bad and she usually doesn't keep this part in. <laughs> Rude. But um, <laughs> I said but um, the chords in this song it's very much we were like chord. Wait a few seconds. Next chord. <laughs> wait a few seconds. So if you get the chord wrong, just play the next one right. We're still like waiting. We have some lag time. Okay, but conceptually it bothers me to get it wrong. Well, that's on you. Be right. <laughs> okay. We're just starting at verse two. Okay. One, 
What? No, we're doing the four chords before. We just did it. (laughs) Incorrectly. You want to be right? No, I did. Correctly. I did those four chords correctly. It was when I started verse two that I did it wrong. So the transition is what you did incorrectly. So you need to do it correctly. If you're like, I have to be right. We need to stop because I got to be right. I'm always under the impression if you're wrong, keep going. It doesn't matter because we're just like creating it always matters. No, because we're just having fun, like, you know, jamming, making music together. Well, you're wrong a lot, so I don't know how you get through (laughs) most of these times. See what, see how good we can do when we just work through it? Okay. Like, you repeated an entire line, and I just followed you. It's fine. You don't have That's to stop. That's because you're better than I am. No, that doesn't mean anything. It's not better <laughs> that... I, like, before that, I got every other note wrong. I was, like, playing D minor incorrectly the entire time. G minor, I don't think I've played correctly yet. <laughs> but the point is, is we're, like, doing this together... And if you feel like you need to like do something again, I'm I'm listening to you. I'm communicating with you through this music that we're doing this together. Yeah, Kim. But what I meant was that you're a better person than I am. I mean, you're also a better musician than but I am. But you know that's straight up not true. I disagree. I don't like this. <laughs> Campbell, you're amazing, and I love you. Uh, interesting you said i love you not i heart you how you uh sign off to all of our phone calls that we have almost daily <laughs> honestly yes but it's because specifically we are being recorded right now and that's why i said i love you instead of our heart oh, you. yeah you're, you're trying and to, i'm like, gonna cut you, that part out <laughs> no you don't but this is like good content it's all about the content raven this is real it's true oh my gosh It's like uh, uh, Miguel from uh, Eldorado. <laughs> so, our performance. I think we did okay. I mean, granted, I think so it was too. guitar and ukulele. So, compared to like playing like violin and clarinet, a lot easier. Oh, I should but stop I st- playing. <laughs> but I, I think we did okay. I think, I think we did too. But yeah, okay. So, Raven, favorite song. Okay, so I will go based off of the song from this musical that I listen to 100% the most, which is Kaching. Because it makes me feel like a bad bitch. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go 11. Great song. I mean, all of them are great. Great song. So, Raven, where can you find us? Uh, listeners, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found on Spotify, give, Apple give, Music. Give five total examples. Okay, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Um, uh, po- if, if you are sewing, what oh do you iTunes. Make? Oh, I was, oh yeah, what? true. If you're sewing, what do you make? What? Yeah, I was trying to like cue into Stitcher. What is Stitcher? You don't know what Stitcher is? It's like no. a huge podcast platform. That Never we're... heard of it. Anyway, not no, no, it's Fake huge. news. No, no, it's like one of the main podcast platforms for a lot of people that Fake we're a news. part if of. If you have an idea. No, 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 like no, no. This... no, no, no. You can also find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora. Um, yeah, all a those lot fake of... news sites. Um... 
<laughs> They're not Raven, I I know you don't handle any of that part, but like it's important to promote. That's fair. Yes. Please listen to us on all platforms. At the same time. At the same time, simultaneously. Doing like rounds like row, row, row your boat, gently down. That actually sounds like a nightmare, but please do it for a fun you know, It sounds like the worst way to experience okay. our podcast. Um, if uh, listener, if if anyone like shows us that they're doing that, you can come <laughs> we'll on. We'll do an episode. something. No, we'll yeah. do something. You'll, like you'll be on an episode of a musical you choice. It doesn't matter if we've done it before. We'll do it again. It doesn't matter. Honestly, yeah, yeah. That, like, that seems the, fun. the amount of times I've re-listened to a soundtrack and immediately had so many more notes. We can do it again. Yeah. Um, so if you play our podcast in rounds, join us. Indeed. Um, also, also, if what? you have furthermore. any comments, furthermore, uh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> if you have any comments, Sham- you like wow. to leave, or uh, if you have a musical you would like to request, feel free to email us, and um, we'll we'll get right on that. Yeah, and we definitely should have said this before, but like, like us, comment us, oh, rate yeah. us on all these like <laughs> platforms. That'd be nice. This is like the first time we're saying this. Uh, we'll probably like, oh no. At this point where this episode's coming out, we're going to have, like, social media to tell you to do that anyway. But mm-hmm. from, like, a recording standpoint, this is the first time we thought of it. We should probably do so that. So on yeah. September 5th, we're like, ah, maybe we should tell people that. <laughs> um, but I think this will be coming out the end of December. So it's a living. Just kidding. We have other jobs. Any profit from this is strictly to give to different causes and donation basis. So Indeed. Okay, well, that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Ew! (laughs) 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 (